Joshua 15. Now I'm going to warn you in advance. We're about to read the longest chapter in the book of Joshua, 63 verses. So it's going to be um, a longer video than normal. So hang in there with me. And to counter that, the next chapter is only going to be 10 verses. <laughs> It'll be quicker. <laughs> this, the lot for the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families, was to the border of Edom, even to the wilderness of Zin southward, at the uttermost part of the south. Their south border was from the uttermost part of the Salt Sea, from the bay that looks southward, and it went out southward of the ascent of Akrabim and passed along to Zin, and went up by the south of Kadesh Barnea, and passed along by Hezron, and went up to Adar and turned toward Karka, and it passed along to Asmon, went out at the brook of Egypt, and the border ended at the sea. This shall be your south border. The east border was the Salt Sea, even to the end of the Jordan. The border of the north quarter was from the bay of the sea at the end of the Jordan. The border went up to Beth Hoglah and passed along by the north of Beth Arabah. And the border went up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. The border went up to Debir from the valley of Achor and so northward looking towards Gilgal. That faces the ascent of Adumim which is on the south side of the river. The border passed along to the waters of En Shemesh and ended at En Rogel. The border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnom to the side of the Jebusite, also called Jerusalem, southward. And the border went up to the top of the mountain that lies before the valley of Hinnom westward, which is at the farthest part of the valley of Rephaim northward. The border extended from the top of the mountain to the spring of the waters of Nephtoah, and went out to the cities of Mount Ephron, and the border extended to Baalah, also called kiriath Jerem. And the border turned about from Baalah westward to Mount Seir, and passed along to the side of Mount Jerem, also called Chesalon, on the north, and went down to Beth Shemesh, and passed along by Timnah, and the border went out to the side of Ekron northward. And the border extended to Shikaron and passed along to Mount Balar and went along at Jabneel, and the goings out of the border were at the sea. The west border was to the shore of the great sea. This is the border of the children of Judah, according to their families. He gave to Caleb the son of Jephunneh a portion among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of Yahweh to Joshua, even Kiriath Arba, named after the father of Anak, also called Hebron. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. He went up against the inhabitants of Debir. Now the name of Debir before was kiriath Sepha. Caleb said, He who strikes kiriath Sepha and takes it, to him I will give Aksar, my daughter, as a wife. So Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Aksar, his daughter, as a wife. When she came, she had him ask her father for a field. She got off her donkey, and Caleb said, What do you want? She said, Give me a blessing. Because you have set me in the land of the south, give me also the springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah according to their families. The farthest cities of the tribe of the children of Judah toward the border of Edom in the south were Kabzeel, Eda, Jagua, Kina, Dimona, Adada, Keresh, Hazor Ithnan, Ziph, 
Telem, Bialov, Hazor, Haraha, Kerioth, Hazron, also called Hatzor, Hamam, Shema, Moladar, Hazar Gadar, Heshmon, Beth Pelet, Hazar Shual, Beer Sheba, Biziothia, Bala Lim, Azem, Eltalad, Chesil, Horma, Ziklag, Madmanar, Sansanar, Lebaoth, Shilhimin, Ain, and Rimon. All the cities are 29 with their villages. In the lowland, Eshtaol, Zorah, Ashnah, Zanoah, Enganim, Tapua, Enam, Jamuth, Adalam, Sokar, Azakar, Sha'arim, Adithlaim, and Gedarah, or Gedarathaim. 14 cities with their villages. Zenan, Hadashah, Migdalgad, Dilian, Mizpah, Jokthil, Lashish, Bozkath, Eglon, Kabon, Laman, Chitlish, Gedaroth, Beth Dagon, Neymar, Makedar, 16 cities with their villages. Libna, Ether, Aishon, Iftar, Ashna, Nezib, Kela, Agzib, and Marashah, 9 cities with their villages. Ekron, with its towns and its villages, from Ekron even to the sea, all that were by the side of Ashdod with their villages. Ashdod, its towns and its villages, Gaza, its towns and its villages to the brook of Egypt and to the great sea with its coastline. In the hill country, Shamir, Jatir, Soko, Dana, Kiriath, Sana, which is Debir, Anab, Eshtemoth, Anim, Goshen, Holon, Gilo, eleven cities with their villages. Arab, Duma, Eshan, Janim, Beth Tapua, Afakar, Hamtar, Kiriath Arba, also called Hebron, and Zior, nine cities with their villages. Maon, Carmel, Ziph, Jatar, Jezreel, Joktiam, Zanoah, Cain, Gibeah, and Timnah, ten cities with their villages. Halhul, Beth Zur, Gedor, Marath, Beth Anoth, and Eltikon, six cities with their villages. Kiriath Baal, also called Kiriath Jerem, and Rabah, two cities with their villages. In the wilderness, Beth Arabah, Medim, Sekikar, Nibshan, the city of Salt, and Engedi, six cities with their villages. And as for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Israel could not drive them out, but the Jebusites live with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. So that was the longest chapter in Joshua. The borders of the tribes are being described and uh, without you know, much of a sense of geography, it's probably not going to mean much to you. But the portion of Judah, of all the tribes, Judah's portion was the biggest. And you know much later, when the nation of Israel splits and becomes two countries and they fight with each other for 100 years and then other things go on, um, the portion of Judah, which was just one tribe, is, you know, a big chunk of land. And it's like one tribe has become the other nation. Although it wasn't completely one tribe because Benjamin was with it too. And um, so as we read through that, you just get a feeling like, wow, there's a lot. And it's interesting too because the next chapter, we're going to be describing the, the tribe of Ephraim. And that's only 10 verses. We'll talk about why was Judah given so much, you know, and so much biblical space to describing its inheritance and Ephraim in the next chapter only given so little. There are a few things in here that I think are interesting. The first is that, that even though it's not mentioned here, it's going to get mentioned at some other point, 
the tribe of Simeon is included here in the tribe of Judah. So what happens is the tribe of Judah is given this big chunk of land and it describes things like that the, the western border is the Great Sea. Well, that's the Mediterranean Sea. The eastern border is the Jordan River. You know, the southern border is the Salt Sea and then it goes through, so that's the Dead Sea. And so there's, there's some things that, that I kind of have a sense of where they are. But it's the, the tribe of Simeon was actually a little tiny pocket in the middle of Judah. So this has described the outside boundaries, but it hasn't described that there's a little middle part that's not included that gets described later. And Simeon was the weakest of all the tribes. When we did the second census in the book of Numbers, they had shrunk right down to like 20,000 men, a very small amount compared to previous. And they, because they had disobeyed the Lord and grumbled and complained and they had shrunk, they ended up getting the smallest inheritance. A reminder to us to follow the Lord so that you get a better inheritance. <laughs> but here we see the grace of the Lord at work because we've just had a whole chapter describing the greatest of all the tribes, but the Lord actually puts the weakest of all the tribes in with the greatest of all the tribes. And that's, and so even here when the Lord's giving out his inheritance, he's being mindful of others. He's being mindful of the weak. He's being merciful. And you know that in real life, if you want to become better at something, something you should always hang around those people who are, who are better than you. Like I always tell my children that they play chess. I always say, try to play chess with the good kids because you're gonna lo they'll lose more games, but they will get better in the process. And uh, my brother-in-law, Nicholas, he's a great chess player. He's probably the best chess player I know. Well, I tell my son, you know, you play with Uncle Nicholas. And of course, Uncle Nicholas beats him. But that's how he's going to get better. And so here we've got an example of the Lord putting the weakest of the tribes in with the strongest tribes. Now, they could have felt like, oh, we're surrounded, we're overwhelmed. But it's actually the mercy of Christ that these types of things happen. And if you're a, a young Christian... Hang around stronger Christians. Um, try to, to you know, be a part of their conversations and listen to the things they say so that you can grow. Now in this chapter, we notice that Caleb is given and this inheritance. You know, He's given this city of Hebron, but he also wants to attack this other city called Kiriath Sepha. And he says, whoever helps me, it's whoever attacks this city, I'm going to give my wife, my daughter to them as a wife. His daughter was called Aksa. And so who ends up attacking? His nephew. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting because you'd think in the whole land of Israel, there would have been plenty capable people that could have done this, but it ends up being someone from his own family that does it. And so he ends up giving his daughter to his nephew to be a wife. And I think that this is an, an often, um, this type of thing happens because the same type of thinking will run in families or the same type of thinking will run, run among people who hang out together. So for example, you know, Caleb was a person with great faith. He believed he could conquer, he could overcome. Well, that type of thinking would have run in his family. So it's not a surprise that someone in his family jumped in to do that. And this is also what I was just saying before. It's a reason why we should hang around with those who are stronger in the Lord, people who have you know, a history of faith, people who know how to pray, hang around people like that. You know, Get yourself in your life a spiritual father, someone that can mentor you, someone that can input into you. I've said to, to young people in our church, I said, you need to be in the prayer meeting. I said, be in the prayer meeting 
the John Alley prays at because you're gonna hear him pray and you're gonna hear him comment on things. It's gonna help you grow. And um, this is what we should do. You know, we should be in prayer, but especially be in the prayer meeting where those who are strong in faith are at because they're gonna help you to learn and grow. Now, this, da- this daughter of his, Aksa, she married off Neil, his nephew, and she came to her father, Caleb, and she says, you've given me land in the south, but now give me, um, you know, basically give me springs. Now, that word south, if you read other Bibles, other Bible translations, it'll say, since you've given me land in the Arabah, in other words, the Arabah is the desert or the dry land. She basically went to her dad and said, dad, um, well, first of all, she goes to her dad and he says to her, what do you want? There's this question, what do you want? And she says, dad, you've given me land and it's dry. I need some, I need water, I need springs. And so she not only gets to keep the dry land, but she gets the, the, the land with the springs as well. Now the Lord says this question to everyone. He says, what do you want? There's a story in Mark chapter 10, I think it's Mark chapter 10, um, yeah, Mark chapter 10, verse 15, where Jesus is, is confronted with a blind man. Now, he knows that this man is blind. Now, if you think about the Lord, he knows our needs. He knows everything that's, that's good and he knows everything that's bad. He knows our needs. So we, in theory, shouldn't have to say to him, we shouldn't have to answer the question, what do we want? But in Mark chapter 10, even though the Lord knows this guy is blind, he says to him, tell me what you want. And the man says, I want to see So then the Lord heals him. The Lord does this to all of us. And here in this chapter, you know, Caleb says to his daughter, what do you want? And it's a reminder to us that even though we've been given an inheritance, there's actually more for us if we ask. So here's this woman, Aksa, she's been given an inheritance. She's been given land, but she actually wants something different. She wants actually, she wants that land, but she wants something more. And so she is asked, what do you want? And the Lord puts that question to us. And that's what we do. We go to the Lord and even though he knows our needs, we tell him our needs. And then we come to him in faith and we say, Lord, this is my need. I need water. I need living water for my soul. But there's a lot of other things we need as well. And we come to the Lord and the Lord hears our prayer and the Lord gives us living water for our souls. The Lord gives us a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. The Lord gives us the ability to grow and become more patient. The Lord gives us wisdom. The Lord helps us pay our bills. You know, the Lord helps us get a better job so we can pay our bills. The Lord does these things for us, but we don't just assume that he knows what we need. He does, but we actually have to ask. There's a process that works through this way. So Lord, help us to follow the example of Axar, to be a person who comes and and says exactly what we need to obtain it by grace through prayer. And Father, help us to also be people like Othniel and Caleb, people of great faith. Lord, help us to hang around those who have great faith so that we ourselves might learn and grow. I thank you, Lord, that you have an inheritance for your people. And I thank you that you're giving it to us. But Lord, today, I want to ask, Lord, that you give to us a greater inheritance. Lord, I thank you that we've been given Lord, everything we need for life and godliness, but Lord, our eyes sometimes are just closed. Now, Lord, I want to ask, open our eyes. Help us to see. Give us understanding, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.